All right, everybody, welcome back to RDCC. That is the Rainbow Dice Club chat. But if you're accidentally here looking for Romanian Diversity Chamber of Congress, we hope that you stay <laughs> and enjoy some of our shenanigans. <laughs> it's a different kind of shenanigans, but shenanigans nonetheless. Today we have everybody here. We are so blessed. So I just want everybody to sound off. So let's go Wayra first. I just put something in my mouth. Why would you do this to me? All right, let's go Lex first. <laughs> Give me one second. My name is Lex. Uh, my pronouns are they, she, and I play basically everyone that's not a PC. Um, and I am Sweaty the resident history maker, lore maker, map designer. Not maker because I'm terrible at actually making it look good. But yeah, I do it all. All right, now we've got Ari. Hello, I am Ariana. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Alara Spinelspark. We've got Wayra. Hello, my name is Wayra. My pronouns are she, they, and I am still a sick rat. Um, I play <laughs> I play Varys, the uh, half, whose pronouns are he, they, the half orc, half elf barbarian. We've got Zoop. Hello, I'm Zoop or Supriya, and uh, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Ziva, whose pronouns are also she, her, and uh, things have gotten a little spicy for her. And I am Dusty, my pronouns are they, she, and I play Ivy, whose pronouns are she, her, and I will be your host for today. So we are starting off with talking about episodes four, five, and six. So if you haven't listened to those, spoilers ahead. Today's episode includes profanity, reference to natural disaster and fire, references to nightmares. There is also a lot of talk about mental health in this episode, anxiety, blocking things out, panic attacks, phobias, PTSD, trauma, going into shock, and tools we use in our real lives to quell those things and how we process trauma. And we are going to start off with right after this explosion that has happened. Who wants to start talking about the fuckery that that was? Okay, so Bettina is actually named after uh, a coworker of mine. Oh uh, my god! Like, why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I love I love the name Bettina, and so uh, at my old job, yeah, she was. She to was... all the Bettinas out there, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to <laughs> we do this you. to you. And neither did Sabria. Okay, that's the first we're hearing of this. I had no idea. Yeah. I thought you got Bettina from a random name generator. <laughs> no, uh, well, no. So all of all of the names, I uh, don't do random name generators. I just come up with them. But Bettina was the first uh, the first character in the troupe that I thought of. And then uh, none of the other ones are named after anybody I know. But for some reason, <laughs> like, Bettina just came to me as, yeah. like, as like the name and so yeah, i was like i was like <laughs> felt so bad i'm so glad that zelma deer is <laughs> i was gonna say there's there's a zelma deer out there that zoop just hates <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i'm really glad zelma deer is not a real person you have to deal with on a regular basis because oh we gosh. all are just like fuck we've off, all zelma dealt deer. with like a zelma deer before mm -hmm. yes zelma deer makes me so mad but yes Bettina is the only one who's who's named after somebody i know <laughs> I feel like every time Zoop starts, like, Zoop comes to these things, these little, like, us talking about the, the story. a little nugget of information. <laughs> drop something. She's like, yeah, Constitution's my dump stat. Yeah, Ziva's got this issue. Yeah, I named this character that I just mur almost killed. 
after a real person. Uh, but we were so, everyone was so concerned about mm-hmm. Bettina. Episode four, four yes. is very, very intense. Oh, yeah. Like the entirety of it. Start to finish. I want to hear everybody's kind of perspectives on like that conversation between Ivy and Ziva, that like moment of, you know, talking there about what magic so is many. and all of that. Like, can you guys at least Dusty and Supriya, could you guys like talk about like what was going through your head during those during that talk? It was like such this such a sweet moment. OK, so what was going through my head was Ivy like putting in my putting my shoes into Ivy's or my feet. What? What? Whatever that <laughs> weird. Putting myself in putting Ivy's my shoes. <laughs> putting my shoes into Ivy's shoes. Yeah. Double um, shoes. Putting myself Where? into Ivy's head. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> putting myself. Double shoes. <laughs> putting myself into Ivy's head. Um, Ivy was very much worried that. It, this was going to happen again. She, I think she gathered pretty quickly what had happened. Um, and so she was worried that if she didn't like speak to Zoop or try and help in any way that we were going to experience another fireball. Um, Cause Ivy, I think was one of the only ones who saw in the moment when that confusion thing happened in the battle and Ivy yeah, made I think that conscious. We didn't see it. Yeah, yeah, Ivy made that conscious. Like, okay, filing that back, and let's keep yeah, going. Ivy, Ivy, and Ziva were standing both standing fairly close together, away from the, the fight, while Alara and Varys were in the middle we were of it. Up in there, yeah. But you even said Ivy even said like, oh, Ivy clocks it, and she's like, I don't want to deal with that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it was definitely like file for later. Yeah. Um, and then I th- I think um just with some sort of past experiences Ivy has had that she felt like she would be the best person to talk to Zoop about this. Um, and I'm not going to spoil anything. Try to anyways. Um, well, we kind of can because they've, I'm assuming. No, no, no. About what we don't, what we don't know about what. Yeah. About what, Ivy's, uh, Ivy's experience. experience with, with a conscious decision to wild shape. Ivy knew that this was going to be something that was going to come to light anyways. And she really wanted it to be on her own terms and not on the terms mm. of a battle, which is why she didn't wild shape the, at the beginning. Uh, Cause she understands just how weird it is for even her hometown and being here would probably be even weirder. Cause there's a lot you can excuse living in the Feywild wild. Like she does. Um, now that we know. Yeah. Now that we know. <laughs> There's a lot that you can excuse living in the Fey Wild. That's just kind of like it's the Fey Wild. Like weird shit happens there, but here it doesn't happen like that. Well, and now we can still get that chance. So we just we saw Ziva's reaction to Ivy's wild shape, where it was a very heavy moment for Ziva. And I'll ask Zoop to go into that in just a moment. But we still have the option moving forward for. Ivy to essentially come out in a way mm-hmm. to Varys and Alara because they weren't right there. They weren't in the middle of it. That's true. So the other two haven't seen it. And at that point, like Zelmadir wasn't there either. You know, they're all trying to manage the chaos outside. You guys had this very sweet, I don't want to say intimate to make it sound weird, but it was an intimate moment of mm-hmm. having this revealing 
thing between the two of you. Um, so on that note, like Sapria, like what? So I know okay. that you yourself had a different had an interesting reaction to hearing the description of Ivy's wild shape. But what right. do you think was going through Ziva's head? Okay, so I actually have to go back and I have to re-listen to it because basically I think I blacked out during that time <laughs> because um, I was so anxious at um, the idea of this being the first wild magic surge that everyone had seen. And um, based on past experiences of playing a wild magic uh, sorcerer, and um, the way that some players had reacted in the past, like most players are like really excited about it, but some players play characters who aren't. And I was like, in my head, I was like, there's no reason why any of these these players, these player characters are going to want to associate with Ziva after this as like her first big thing. Like usually you need to be like, you know, a 20, 30 episodes yeah. in so that they have like a reason to care <laughs> and like still put up with this ticking time bomb. How do you feel now knowing that like the PCs, us, us aside, like as I feel like we all, instead of running away, we all kind of ran to mm -hmm. her. And I yes. think it was really nice. It's, I just, I have so much, I have so much love for all of you. And it was, I, cause uh, to tell everyone else, I, I basically had to that night be like, uh, by the way, I'm having this reaction of like mm -hmm. total anxiety and fear. And everyone was just so lovely. And it's, it's so nice to be playing with a group that um, we've, we're deciding that we are telling this collaborative story together and we're we're working together and there might be disagreements at some points but like no one has decided that well this is the way my character is going to be and if it like makes your time totally suck like i don't care too bad because uh, yeah. there are some people who are like that unfortunately and yeah. it's just been really wonderful to to have that like I no longer have that deep anxiety that I did, but at that moment I was definitely I I think I blacked out because I don't I don't remember much of what what happened. And quite honestly, I think that's fair for even Ziva, the character in that moment, mm -hmm. because she as a character is facing this in incredible internal struggle of is it me? Is it not me? Like I've seen I've had some weird shit happen in the past, like, but is it is this really truly me? Did I cause this much devastation? Right. Oh, yeah. That That's the other. I mean, that's why she's like literally making this plaintive cry. Like, please tell me that it wasn't me. Yeah. Um, because like she feels very responsible for Bettina. Bettina's actually a year older than Ziva. Yeah. Ziva is 19 and Bettina's 20. And Bettina is like a, you know, brand new adult halfling. Um, kind of naive, um, and Ziva sees great promise in her ability to become like a really fantastic performer as well. And she's just been taking her under her wing, teaching her all of these moves and the like, and and hoping that she's going to become a real part of the troupe. And like, just feels a great deal of like sisterly love towards her, and to to feel like she has done something to hurt this person that she cares about is uh 
you know, very upsetting. So I think that she actually is going to need to process. It's probably going to be the second time that she sees Ivy's form that she's going to have to actually go through that that processing of what does this mean and what does this mean for Ivy. And we can certainly talk about the way that Ivy went about being like, hey, this is probably your fault. I, I During that conversation, I was trying as hard as I could to keep true to Ivy's personality of just this like pretty blunt person. Um, but I love that. She I love still that. cares. But at the end of the day, like this is a message that needs to get across, like our magic imprints Absolutely. on our soul. Um, and if you're she literally asked the question, are you hurt to try and be like. You should have died in this and you don't mm-hmm. even have a scratch on you. Mm-hmm. We've all talked a lot about, you know, homebrewing and stuff like that. And one of the things that Supriya has given me permission to is to change the. um the wild magic surge list based on emotions. And this was one of those. If you read the magic, the wild magic surge list, the traditional one, fireball is meant to be aimed at the caster. So it should have been aimed at Ziva. But in this case, because Ziva's emotions were so heightened in, in a state of anxiety of basically life or death anxiety, it all radiated outward. It didn't come in. It was a moment of desperation. So it was her her subconscious basically trying to be like, we have to get free. We have to be safe. Oh, and it radiates out. So there was there. It, I did put that in there as like, that's why that's why Ziva wasn't hurt. Right. I thought that it was because in her dream that she had used the, the move Earths and that's the spell that goes away from you. That's what I thought happened. But because she had chosen the direction of her dream, the spell didn't attack her it went outward so that's really interesting i didn't know that it was more it's like in the dream she chose to do something that was defensive in a way to get away from things and to basically like you said to push the the people away from her and because of the heightened emotional state that was one of the that's one of the conditions that i have in one of the amended tables for ziva where fireball does not get targeted on anyone in particular it radiates out just in like a big circle all around the person uh, more like a wave and so that's just more it's a self-preservation method in a way yeah i like that honestly that's yeah really cool so it it does add like a, it does add a lot of in- insult to injury in a way because here ziva is having a really bad nightmare and it triggers this magic surge that ends up causing a lot of devastation and almost kills like her best friend that role was the worst role i've ever had to, that i've ever had Having an eight come up on the D100 made me just so upset. It was really impactful, though. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, like, as much as it sucked for Supriya, I'm sure it really sucked for you and then for (laughs) Ziva as well. um, And poor Bettina in real life and in D&D life. But (laughs) it made for a really great... It's good storytelling. It is. You know what I mean? Yes. I think at the end of the day that we're going to look back and we're going to be like, this was pivotal storytelling. Yeah. For sure. I thought it was really funny because we had joked about it and then it happened. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Also, like, there's so much foreshadowing. We talk about how Bettina's a level zero character and, (laughs) like, there were all these little stupid jokes Mm -hmm. that uh, obviously how could, but, like, I'm listening back and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I know what's going to happen next. And, like, how could we say this to obviously we didn't (laughs) know, but, like, it was, yeah, there was a lot of that. I know that we've already touched on the fact that 
you, Sapria, were kind of in that heightened state of anxiety yourself. Um, did that kind of inform your decision on how Ziva reacted to things? I mean, I think that... Like her running? Yeah, I think in in that situation, right, if you're you're like, something's happened and you're like, this this couldn't have been me. I have to figure out a way to figure out that this wasn't me. Yeah, it made total sense, too. Like, your, lo- yeah. your logic, your thinking, I think so. I mean, there's what? Fight, uh, fight, flight, or freeze, or fawn. But yeah, really quick, I just wanted to touch on what, what Supriya was saying earlier about how you were afraid how we would handle a wild magic sorcerer. But looking at all of our characters individually... Without knowing that that's what your class was going to be, it is so interesting because each one of our individual characters are set up to automatically understand and automatically Mm -hmm. accept someone like that. Yeah. Like knowing what we know now and not knowing the entire story about everybody. Like I know Ivy and I know where she comes from and just a little bit I know of everybody else. I don't think it is such an interesting accident. And I really think like this, like, like we were saying, this sucked. What happened to Bettina sucked, but I don't think that there could have been a better glue for us to come together the way that we have. Yeah, I think so too. And on that note, we can say a similar thing about how everyone, and we're going to see more about this fallout in the next episodes, but how everyone reacted to the bombshell that Ivy dropped at the end of episode six about I know. she is the fairy, the fairy tale. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, we as individuals like might have known, like I, of course, knew this stuff, but like I can't, I'm pretty sure that the rest of you guys as people knew that yeah. she was from the Feywild, all that. That was a secret that we, for some reason, didn't keep. And then as we went on, we were like, this is a way bigger deal than that. But I think it I think it speaks to the fact that this is a growing and evolving world and mm-hmm. story. Everything yep. is not set in stone. Mm-hmm. So when we started, uh, yeah. I don't know that any of us realized how big of a deal this was going to be. And now it is. And obviously... We try to keep secrets, and this is one keep secret that we couldn't keep, but... But we didn't have as far. Like, I didn't tell you guys about the Sealy Court. I only told yeah. you... Oh, yeah, no. Oh, I no, only yeah. told you that she came from the Fae so that you guys could... Because basically, in order to set up the opening we did, it wouldn't have made sense if mm-hmm. you guys didn't know at least, like, she's from the Feywild. Like... Or she's from at least somewhere else. Yeah. Like, she, she's not from this place. She's half a Ladrin, and if you've paid any attention in D&D lore, you know that Eladrins only come from the Feywild. So it, it's one of those things, but I didn't tell you about the Sealy Court. I didn't tell you how we basically restructured the Sealy Court. So in D&D um, Forgotten Lore or whatever it is, the Sealy Court is made up of like demigods, I believe, and there's like an inner circle and an outer circle. And we restructured the court to be where there's two of you each. say we you did it you restructured would any of our characters have known about the sealy court like would we have heard of it you guys would have like heard stories of the okay. sealy court just like okay. how you know like in fairy tales yeah exactly like Ziva just said. like just okay. like in fairy tales the idea that um these beings from other worlds you they may have existed kind of like in the real world how they people keep going back and forth being like dragons were real at one point yeah. see but they're really stories. Mm-hmm. 
I would like everyone to know that I thought dragons were real up until like an embarrassing, embarrassing, embarrassingly high age. Um, genuinely, <laughs> I thought it was. I thought they were thought, real, and there, there was, was a like documentary. A dis- I was going to say there was, was like a and Discovery I thought it was Channel documentary. Real, and when someone told me that it wasn't, my mind was blown. I was embarrassed, but I was also like extremely disappointed. Um, I thought, so now everyone. Knows I thought that about jackalopes me. were real until a year ago, and it took two people. <gasps> oh, you're to not alone. Me. You're not alone. Okay. I was living in Arizona for the past four years and um, was very confused when I went out to like one of the zoos and was like, there are no jackalopes. And I was solidly 24 or something when they were like, jackalopes are fake. They're not real. And I'm so sorry. I am so sorry to anybody listening. If you are now learning that dragons <laughs> never existed and jackalopes are, are fictional. I definitely, um, I definitely, someone posted a really, really great picture of a jackalope, and I definitely was like, another animal that, like, is oh super God. crazy and definitely hit that, that reshare button, being like, isn't nature amazing? I mean, of all the cryptids, the jackalope feels the most realistic to me. Wow. Like, well, it's also, I feel like we've all seen it since we were kids, where people have talked about the jackalope being real yeah. and that it Wayra's looking at us like you guys are all insane. Wayra is about to leave. Like <laughs> what Wayra's like, what I'm done. Oh my god, what's a jackalope? Okay. It's, it's a rabbit with horns. <laughs> it's a rabbit with deer horns. I just had to look it up too. I'm looking I'm, I'm, I'm gonna send a picture of chat. I'm sending it to Yes, please chat. do because you need to see what a jackalope looks like. Is it weirder that I thought dragons were real or that I didn't know what a jackalope I, was? Okay, listen. <laughs> didn't know what I a jackalope know, was. I think so, jackalope, that just depends on region. It's, I think I that's think, regional. I okay. 100% think that dragons used to exist at some point. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'm going to stick off, to off my fucking this point. Okay, that's a jackalope. Listen, Wait, as, a jackalope. Long as, no one, as long as no one is a flat earther, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> like, I'm good <laughs> and I'm going to stay. Um, but if you start okay. some flat earth shit, but I'm out of here. Ari, the water mountains. I will shut this whole thing down. But and Ari, I'll change the passwords. But Ari, the earth, <laughs> the earth doesn't move. The sun goes around yeah, us. Come it on, is Ari. flat. Come on. You did this um, to yourself. So I we need yeah. to we need to go back to We need to get to back on dragons track. for a second. So <laughs> okay, there no, is, back on track. There, back to dragons. There is a concept in chemistry called resonance. Okay. Um okay. and so it's the idea so atom or um of the electrons. Electrons can be, you know, they're they're moving around all the time. And so in like in an ionic structure, the electrons belong to a specific atom. Um, but mm-hmm. in a covalent bonded, they're they're moving it around. And so when you draw where they are, you draw the resonance structures of like it could be here, it could be here, but you understand that it's never in either of those places. It's shared. Okay. And so I have a picture, I have a diagram that it's uh, I think a unicorn and a dragon are the two resonance structures that you would draw and but what you actually get is a rhino. Oh, oh wow. yeah, that would be I, so that's actually that's fairly accurate. I just think that there is too many depictions of dragons in history and mythology in in cultures around the world that have never interacted with each other at that time. Yeah. Yeah. For it to not have been real. Also, 
Thank you guys. If, if dragons can fly, let's say that they can and they did it. Let's let's theoretically say that they can and maybe they did exist. If they could fly, that means that their bones would have had to been white like birds. Mm-hmm. Birds bones mm-hmm. don't fossilize. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. So you heard it here at RD. What does the RDC today stand for? It's the Romanian, Romanian Diversity something. something something. Hold on. Chamber of Commerce. You yeah. heard it here first. From the Romanian <laughs> From Diversity them. Chamber of Commerce. Dragons. dragons Romanian Diversity Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, but okay, so just really quick. And there's actually like a scientific reason why they would even <laughs> breathe fire. We need to get back on track here. We do, <laughs> no, but Joe, I want to hear this. Just super quick. Um, this is this is why people are listening to this. Was, yeah, I'm not. This is the hard hitting stuff that people want to so know. It would be. I've thought a lot about this. It would be just some sort of flammable liquid, like a spit, and then if their bones mm-hmm. grind against each other and cause a spark, then you can breathe fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. I'm. I'm. You. You don't need. I. I already thought they were real. So like, you guys are just giving me more. I think ammunition. They, there is no reason why they couldn't <laughs> have existed. Thank anyway, you. Thanks. I'm back on my jackalopes are real bullshit. There are actually dragons in Hinduism too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Same? Did in not know that. Fucking culture. There's there. Anyway. There's dragons that, everywhere. That one <laughs> Discovery Channel <laughs> documentary. It was like a two-part documentary series I remember, or something. Yeah, I, I like, remember oh watching it, and it like talked mm-hmm. about the whole life cycle and how did yes. the dragons must have died out. It was yeah. so convincing. I would believe yeah. it. That one is a mermaid. Yeah. One. Okay. I I mean I did believe it. Back okay, to it. Kinda, now um, I do again. So going back to it, yeah. So I I uh, I guess I restructured it and told told Lex what was happening and they yeah, went basically. okay yeah sure <laughs> whatever <laughs> if um, you guys haven't figured it out I am very much a yes and kind of DM where I'm yes. just like whatever and we love you- that well I mean the whole concept we of do. like the world's being closed off and everything didn't really even come about until after you guys established what your characters were going to be because I didn't want to make something where you know suddenly you guys are choosing a tiefling and you guys are going to be ostracized from everyone all the time mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the 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 dragon birthmark. Ivy has the That one was cool. Ivy has the Fae Lost background. Um and I teased it a little bit cuz there's no like genuine grew up in the Fae was not actually stolen as a child background uh whereas the Fae Lost one is. So I was like, "Hey, can we just like take aspects of this like the bonuses and the stuff but not have it be like she has an existential dread every night of <laughs> Like yeah. she would want to go back home. That's where she was born. Like that's her. Like she genuinely is of there. And so we took that. We also took the Fay Mark. Um, and you, Lex, were actually the one who said, "Why not have it be a dragon?" Well, we thought about. There were a couple different options that were traditionally associated with Fay Marks, and we were torn on like the eyes, the eye one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then something else and then i thought about at one point i was like oh well a tattoo but then i didn't want i just didn't it didn't feel like ivy to go out of her way to get a tattoo of this and so the idea was more of like the wine spill or port wine spill birthmark Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where it's just like a darker darker like version of the person's skin tone and it looks like a spill and it looks like a dragon nice i can't wait for like our next session Yes, we ended it it's on be like so a good because there's more with that birthmark and more with just like her her fae background and everything. And I 
cannot tell you how much I love Supriya's, oh, like a fairy tale. Yeah, that was so <laughs> sweet. It was so cute. It was such a good moment because it made, it, it was, I was able to do this like really cool sort of dun, dun, dun thing with it. <laughs> and those were the best. And then the, the gem drop was just so great too. Mm-hmm. Hey, if Alara is dropping her gems, you know that shit is going down. <laughs> yes. Because she fucking holds on to those babies. So, yeah. Speaking of that, I am looking forward to those gems coming into action. I have so yes. many. We have so many cool things planned, Lex and I, and I'm so excited. Yes. Nice. Um, it is going to be very interesting. It is. Oh, also, well, let's get back. Yes, go ahead. Burying the lead with Ivy's family and how that affects Varys. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Wayra. Getting like the... fucking text messages, like secrets. Yes. So oh, Wayra the has the worst. Yeah. Wayra has the worst poker face. <laughs> They we love it. We go, love it. They, I, I love it. But the thing is, is that like when I say, oh, well, I'm just going to message it to you and I want you to kind of figure out what to do with that information. We got like wide their eyes for like five went silent from, like, wide fine. eyes for like five minutes. Yeah. Their face went from like, oh, this will be interesting to, speak. oh, fuck. They went through the five <laughs> stages of grief I just so didn't. quickly. <laughs> In my defense, I had thought this was going to come out. And like any mention of it would be in like 30 episodes or so. <laughs> oh, me too. too. Me too. <laughs> but this the drop of it was like, it was so because that name, without spoiling anything, is so integral to his mm. background. I am I can't wait. I just I genuinely there I is, literally cannot wait. Well, Waver and I had to like talk a little bit and just make sure it all kind of still works so that like it's yeah. it's still in line with with their view for Varus and everything. And because I was like, is he gonna what he make it? Would he stick with, with this whole thing, this plan, or what would mm. he do? All that yeah, we basically like had to reconcile some stuff oh, outside wow. of the game. Yeah, like to I be was like, like, this could make or break this this group relationship right now. Like this is not yeah. Good. <laughs> Again, I didn't anticipate it coming out that like even so even if you had it wouldn't have come out really if Ivy hadn't mentioned that the Nightbreeze family was from Kalar because it's like, oh, well, maybe that's a common name like around places and various could have just kind of reconciled like, oh, well, I've heard that name elsewhere. But the fact that it is from that city. Well, and it wouldn't even come up if we hadn't been talking about Kalar. Like, yeah. I shouldn't have yeah. brought up. I shouldn't have, like, fucking. We all. Well, it's funny because uh, Ziva is your troop is like from. That's where you kind she of raised are there. stationed out of. She grew I, up there. Alara has been there um, uh, more than once for like, because that's like the hub for like mm -hmm. scientific like research. Um, and Varys is from there. So, like, we found out that, right? No, no Varys you... isn't from there. No, he's not from no. there. Oh, okay. He just knows but you're, like, very familiar. Yeah. yeah. I've been there. So, like, I thought it was interesting that we all... How did we start talking about Kalar? All... I don't I even had... know. I innocently it was started your fault? inquiring about <laughs> yeah, why Alara was looking for... Yeah, I was like, where have you... How long have you guys been traveling? Like, why are you looking for these rocks? I was very innocently bringing up a conversation, and it fucking went south so I fast. Didn't, I didn't bring up Kalar, though. I no, definitely it was the didn't fact bring that up Kalar. I think Ziva mentioned being from the capital and talking about that. Okay. And then um you the then Varys and Ziva were like, oh, would we have crossed paths at some point? I think it's because of the vegetarianism, because yeah. both Alara and Ziva are vegetarians. Yeah. And in my head Which canon, 
I'm Kalar. really excited about that because every game I've ever played in, everyone is like, oh, boar, meat. And I'm like, no, I have another vegetarian because we're yes. both vegetarians in real life. So, yes, it translates yeah. to our characters. And and I have played I have a lot of my characters that I have played have been like the first time um, the first time. Uh, I auditioned, I played Landriel and Landriel mm-hmm. was like, had brought like a bunch of, had like come onto the scene and brought like a bunch of squirrels that she had just hunted out. <laughs> um, and, um, so like when I, and Landriel is, is my longest played character. Um, oh, nice. and like, so she, she's good at survival and will like go out and get stuff. So I was like, you know what? I am gonna, I'm gonna play true to to myself and and get to do this but uh in my opinion in my head canon kalar has um the reason that i was thinking that there was um you know half of our party is vegetarians is that in kalar there's actually been a cultural revolution of vegetarianism in the capital Oh my god, we're gonna have like a food episode with me and Ziva, just like t- dragging them around, making them try like vegetarian meals whenever we get to Kalar. Varys is not picky. I promise you that he will eat anything you give him. <laughs> Ivy, yeah, Ivy mentioned situationally because she always prioritizes Bia over herself. Yeah, like, and Ivy wasn't even gonna say anything because she was reading. She was reading mm-hmm. a book in um, Elvish, I believe it was. I don't remember specifically what I said it was. But then somebody said, hey, where are you from? And she looked up and said something. And then you guys kept talking about Kalar. And she was like, oh, wait a second. Because she got was, family there. Yes. She wasn't even part of the conversation at first. And then someone roped yeah. her in. I was like specifically doing that because I was like, I don't know if I want to drop this right now. <laughs> but it, it just. Yeah, it, and Weira's just like motherfucker. Well, and then you're. <laughs> And then you were talking about like where like your form of government. And I'm like, well, okay, Alara knows a lot about Aurea. Mm-hmm. Like I've, you know, I I say it like and when I'm like, oh, I'm well traveled. And I think we all are well traveled. So I'm like, we would know if this was a form of government somewhere in Aurea. So I didn't think you were gonna drop the bomb in that episode. I really had to think about it. Speaking I, about bombs. Yeah. Speaking Are you trying bombs, to keep us on track? Tiny bit. No. And also to yeah, diffuse okay. the tension very slightly. What tension? What do we think no about Varys's new nickname? Vez. Vez. Don't we have don't we have someone in our <laughs> there whose is name somebody is, in our Discord? I always get confused every time I see like that that their name pops up. Yeah. Oh, uh, and I'm always confused. <laughs> yeah. It throws me off. I'm like, why am I talking in this chat? Oh. (laughs) No, I don't hate the name. I hate nicknames. I'm not a nickname (laughs) person. So like when someone, um, when someone says someone a nickname, this is the thing though. When someone gives someone a nickname without them first giving the nickname, my automatic reaction is why would you do that? I I genuinely did reach out to Wayra after the fact. I was like, "Hey, are you okay with this?" <laughs> I I as a player was like, "That is the cutest fucking thing oh! I've ever seen." What the fuck? She literally was like, "So like Ivy is like dead set on befriending this person oh who God. doesn't want to make friends," um, <laughs> and is like, "I'm going to give you a nickname." <laughs> like right like two days that I've known you. for less than 24 took hours one right? look at various and went um best friends forever you mean Vez. 
So are we a little concerned at how how attached Ivy is to everybody right off the bat? Because I'm like, Alara wants friends too, but I'm like, girl, we've known each other for like three minutes. Like, so you guys have known each other for sheltered. Like, you guys have known each other for about twenty four hours at this point. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so it's Ziva, Ziva's like, I'm going back to my troop. Ziva's like, I love you all. This is great. But like, I'm going back to my tent. I'm sorry. <laughs> but but Ivy, Ivy is Supriya. Supriya is like that. <laughs> Ivy, I, like, I know I mentioned this, but Ivy is like the only friend she's ever had she cannot be friends with anymore. However, we want to spin that. Um, however, that happens. Um, and so she's like, she grew up in this, um, there were no other kids in the oh, court. Aw. Um, that sounds terrible. And that'll come out in the next episode, um, because we'll most yeah. likely be talking more about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so she's like desperate to have friends to the point where she's not even thinking about like the ramifications of being incredibly clingy. She's, she's just like, <laughs> this is how I've heard people make friends, and it's by sharing secrets. Yes, and- I think. Ah, <laughs> uh, I think that I I really like. It's kind of, it's refreshing to me, and I know that Varys is gonna eventually think that it's refreshing as well because they're so used to having friendships that are like they have attachments to it, like they don't. Mm, it's it's not, there's something they're really nice attached. and innocent about someone going yeah. around like a child and being like, hey. Here's this thing about me. Let's be friends. Like, because yeah, people right. don't do that when they're adults and they fucking yeah. should. Aw. <laughs> that's very cute. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I'm friends with you guys is because I want to get I want to get this podcast going. It's the only reason. <laughs> Love you too. I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, like you know I'm kidding. Like the fact that I this, just want to be I just want to be Lex loves off. This podcast goes, is oh. <laughs> I log off and just go. I can't believe I actually have to deal with these fucking people. How did I get roped into this? <laughs> Even though I auditioned and I agreed to it, knowing the chaos that would ensue. <laughs> it is so chaotic, but I love it. it Wait, is. are we okay? So Ivy likes naming things. We've already come to this conclusion. Yes. Ivy named Varys Vez, which Alara and Ariana hate, but. We do like fuck all for the amazing fucking scythe that Varys just nonchalantly walked out with on his oh, back while serving oh, us fucking just brunch. You fucking Are you wait. kidding me? Just you fucking wait with Varys and then I like, turned around and was like, and when I turned my back, you see, I was like, what? <laughs> so tell us more about that, please, because that was on my. I was like, if we talk about one thing, we're talking about this fucking scythe. What? What? Sorry, this fuck all scythe. Um, yes. That's his primary weapon. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what else I could tell you about it. <laughs> it yeah, you really can't say much. So, like, wow. Waver and I have, like, worked quite a bit, again, on the homebrew front. I think everyone apart from Ziva has a homebrewed subclass. And even, I love your cat, Z- I love your cat, Sapria. <laughs> yeah, I know. She's, I don't know, I don't know what to do. Aww. You're just, you're standing on my <laughs> like, yeah, but like, too. <laughs> oh no stop pressing things she's like kitty time <laughs> mother please okay you can't rub up against the microphone my dear Aww. but basically everyone other than ziva has a homebrewed sub- subclass and ziva has like 
homebrewed consequences with her subclass. Nice. And I am just so fucking excited for when you guys all level up and we can actually Me too. see some of the shit that goes down out. with with Alara, shit that goes down with with Varys, all Varys of that. Get, so we yeah. both get our subclass at three? Yeah. Ziva, guys, Ziva and Ivy already have theirs, right? Yes. You get yours yeah. at two? Sorcerers okay. get theirs, I think, at the beginning at yeah, one. Yeah, sorcerers get theirs at one because it's attached to like the source of your magic. Okay. So it like Ziva's had her subclass since the get-go. Um, yeah. And druids get their subclass or their circle at, at level two. two. Mm -hmm. Which I should have known because I've played a druid, but I forgot. Well, druids are complex. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that'll be, it'll be really interesting. All of that stuff. And um, yeah. Um, can I, maybe I could share. Share whatever you it. like. It's up to you. Yeah. I feel Ooh. like it's going to come up eventually. It's a very, it's a very, like, it's a nonchalant thing. If you ask where he got it, he'll just fucking tell you. Varys learned how to be a barbarian uh, from a traveling group of people. Okay. Um, and during one of the jobs to learn, uh, he did to, like, learn um, the trade, I guess you say. He found it in a fucking cave. Nice. Oh, that means there's stuff about it. Just found it in a cave. A I love that. Secret. I love We can cut it if you want, Lex. I oh my god, maybe it's like, maybe it's the site of like the god of death. What's the god of death's name? Mortimer. Mortimer. Maybe it's Mortimer's scythe. Mortimer, Mortimer, Mortimer yeah. Mortimer. Mortimer. Is that the I don't know. Reaper? I found it in a cave Mortimer. and I asked to get it reforged. But yeah, he found, he fucking just found it. That's it. That's all there is to it. That's like an Alara answer, though. It's like, what do you mean? This is just a book about magical runes. Yeah, what do you, what do you <laughs> mean? Just, it's, it's just why are you asking such like, why would you ask such an obvious question? Oh, I do need to point out to everyone. Ziva has no offensive cantrips. Okay. I don't either. <laughs> so if I use up all my spell slots, I'm useless. Well, no, no. Remember our homebrew rule that should you choose to, you can accrue a level of exhaustion. Yes. But I would not I would not implore you to do that regularly. You can also use sorcery points to get back yes. spell slots. Oh yeah, there's there's ways there's it's not gonna be a big problem, but I'm just I'm amused. We're gonna be we're gonna be fine. Oh, speaking of of hurting of hurting people, the sheep. Because <laughs> we we oh skipped God. from like the very yeah. beginning yeah. of episode four to the very end of episode six. A couple some things happened. I love how you just fucking like kicked me. There was the sheep. There was uh, Ivy simping over Ivy simping, and then you guys confronting the mayor and Varys scaring the shit out of her. I don't remember what I said. What did I do? Whatever. I sent a clip in the chat today where you were like, don't call me fucking darling. And I remember even I was like, okay. I was like, so <laughs> don't fuck with it. Don't call Varys darling. Like, I wrote that down. She calls you darling. <laughs> she was like, I don't remember the context exactly, but she calls you darling. And then you turn and look at her and go, don't call me darling. Yeah. Do not call me. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I got Which is ironic because he calls people darling. He and does. Yeah. Apparently you can't so, call I'm a hypocrite. darling. <laughs> um, but no, I also, there was that part where you were like, can we take a short rest? And somebody was like, well, no one did anything. Lucy, Lucy's playing fetch with herself. Um, <laughs> But and you were like, yeah, I got fucking kicked by Sheepa, and I was like, this is going in the outro, like after 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 the credits roll. You were like, actually, I did, so it was amazing. Mm -hmm. No, I loved it. 
And you were down some hit points, so we needed to you were down, like, what? You did, in in one attack, you did the most damage to me. Because I wasn't breathing, you just fucking blindsided me. Uh, (laughs) uh, To be fair, we were trying to lay a sheep on its side. So, you know. You chose to get in the back. I did. That was your your mistake. But that was a good tension breaker because that that episode was very intense up until that moment. And I think we definitely needed it. And it gave us some downtime afterwards. Ivy and I had a f- huge failure with the um. What the hell was her name? I have my notes right oh, here. Jesus, who's the? I gotta um, remember names. The hot orc. I wrote it. The all hot down. orc overseer. Was it Matilda? Yeah, Matilda. So Ivy froze. Oh yeah. Um, I don't even think Alara processed what. Like I don't think she processes that kind of stuff. So she was just like, okay, come on. But that was um, Ivy is. <laughs> Ivy's that um, quintessential useless lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> so now we know something about Ivy. Um, don't put attractive. You know a lot of things about Ivy. <laughs> yeah. Ivy's an open book, and I'm here for it. Alara is more concerned about Ivy freezing in front of hot women <laughs> than the fact that she's from the Feywilds, <laughs> which is fair. Because um, I think there's going to be a lot of hot women in this world. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you about to? Critique the fact that there are going to be a lot of hot women in a gay no. podcast. No, 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 no. Oh no, no. That's, why I, that's why I was saying there's probably going to be yeah. a lot of attractive, women. a lot, a lot of, of attractive people. women, non-binary, gender fluid. Maybe a couple trans mask guys in there, and maybe a couple Hell like oh, yes, I guess a couple cis guys if we have to. But uh, that's only if we have to. I mean, Tristan wow. is appropriate. I like Tristan. <laughs> But is Dristan cis? He's a sweet guy. Dristan and his father. No, you said to you, Dristan was cis. Yeah, you did. When? When? You said Dristan was cis. You no, you said no, no. uh, Ask the editor who listened to the episode thirteen times and can. You didn't. You said that he's grown up around a bunch of cis gendered. That's what it was. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They did not say that he was. I want to roll an insight check on Lex right now. Go for it. <laughs> Can roll we roll an insight an ins- check? I'm rolling an insight check. <laughs> Let me get my dice out. Hold on. I can't find the d20. Have- well, good thing I haven't cleaned it's up. Only a six. Wow. <laughs> that was quite the thump of the dice bag. I have a lot of dice. Lu- is 13 lucky or unlucky? I feel uh, like 13 is 13- lucky. Depends on who you ask. Yeah, 13 is lucky. Well, I got a lucky 13. Well, if you ask Taylor Swift, it's, thir- it's lucky. So, Dusty, if you ask me, it's lucky. Okay. I trust Wayra. Did you roll, Supriya? Oh, I didn't. Okay. I don't I'm I'm here. A... I'm here for the excitement. <laughs> Get it. I don't have a dice. I'm trying to keep I my just... cat from walking on my my keyboard. Again. I haven't I haven't deception. cleaned I haven't cleaned up since we last I'll roll played. deception. Oh. I got a 19. And see, okay, 19. I got a 19. 19. Well, my 7 does not Well, listen, that. if if Dristan is in the closet, you don't have to out yeah, him. Oh, he's, 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 Adam, it's fine. He's not he's not in the closet in the closet. He's he is a he's a trans boy. Um, he's got. Is he's he? a trans boy. He lives with his aunt. I did not know that. Well, yeah. Ah, he does. He lives with his aunts. He's currently going through transition and everything, and he's part of the reason he deals with his hormones so weirdly is because it's challenging to deal with changing <laughs> hormones when you're transitioning. Oh my gosh! I d- um, the sweat makes so wow. much sense now. Yeah, the sweat makes a lot more sense, doesn't it? Um, it really does. Yeah. Holy shit! Yes, and then uh, also like so. Dusty made like pit crew 
drawings of or illustrations of all the characters and they ended up making one of Dristin and I was like that is actually exactly how I imagined little Dristin like post transition like or mid transition like working on his way through where he's still very uncertain trying to figure out who he is um and you know he's away from home so he can be be himself oh my heart that's amazing i love him I love so you that. guys all know that dristan is now a trans boy but we don't but know your that. characters don't our characters because honestly it doesn't that. change who he is as a person it changes how no, he expresses no. himself that's all um Aww. but yeah that was something that i i wrote in for myself where i was like no i i when i, I originally did not plan on like figuring out gender identities for a lot of people because i kind of wanted it to be organic and once I started playing Dristan, I was just like, he's been through some stuff with it. I feel like he's been through some stuff and I feel like he is slowly figuring himself out. And I think mm. part of that is coming to grips with his like gender or gender orientation uh, and what that means for him moving forward. I think it's nice for you as though the DM to have NPCs that you can because I I get as a player. Um, and someone who eventually wants to DM a campaign, I get like, no, <laughs> I get nervous about like, um, not being able to have that connection. Like I have such a connection with Alara and all of my PCs. So I think it's nice to be able to have that as a DM with some of your NPCs that will become favorites or even ones that will become like ones that we just despise, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> Zelma they're like, no, I, I didn't mean Zelma Deer. I didn't okay. make Zelma Deer. Um, <laughs> that was Supriya, That was right? Supriya, yes. but also Manifer. I, I do I do love Manifer okay, a little bit. Where? I like Manifer. Why didn't we see Manifer in the fucking you Overseers place? You went to the east. You went to the east. He is on the west side of town. I there told you he's the monster. There are two supervisors. There are two supervisor centers. Okay. There's one on the east side, one on the west. Is Manifer an overseer? Yes. Yeah. <sighs> We're gonna see him again. Yes, you're gonna to. see Manifer again. What if he's like a shapeshifter in the mines, you know? Yeah, no. he's a BBEG. <laughs> he's not the BBEG. I hope I kind of hope Manifer. he's not. <laughs> I am. No, I'm I'm Manifer. gonna. I am preparing <laughs> to fuck with you guys a little bit for this one, and Please. I'm sorry in advance. I'm so excited. Oh, you have permission to oh fuck me Oh my god, are up. you going to kill Manifer on us? Don't. <gasps> no, I'm so, What I'm if, just, like, Dristan is, like, hanging over a pit when we get no. to the mines don't and we have say, to, like, oh, no, no. Dristan, no. Dristan, <laughs> he said he wanted a hand axe. What if he decides to go in by himself? He wouldn't dare. I think he's too scared We're to go in by himself. Before we leave. Yeah. He's too scared. Yeah. It also makes sense why he likes Ziva so much, though. Um, is like mm. the confidence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Right. To have that confidence. I think he more like I think right now he is misplacing his his like adoration for Ziva, and he's kind of mistaking it for being enamored with her, being like right. romantically interested. Yeah. I think, which is, and uh, he might be. But he, I think he's also just kind of like, how is this woman so confident walking in? She doesn't look like she fits in here because you're wearing outfits that don't fit in with the aesthetic. Like, she doesn't look right. like she should fit in, but she walks in with such grace and such poise and such confidence. How, 
how do I do that? I think he has that kind of like, you know, how do I do that sort of thing? It makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. What else is on the list? Host and DM. Um, talking about how we got into politics in. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, uh, politics? <laughs> I'm going to have to do like. It was really Ivy marching up the stairs <laughs> and y'all just followed her. <laughs> I I maintain that it's so interesting that we are creating a, um, you know, our fantasy world and our fantasy world so still includes lawsuits and corruption. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you guys aren't even touching on the fact that the mining company owns the town. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yep. Alara's yep. putting the fucking pieces together in this last episode, and she was not have She was not happy about the it. Dots. Yes, literally. There's one thing I forgot to do with Ziva. I forgot to steal something from the mayor's office. Ooh, we might have to walk that but, back. <laughs> but that that might be a good thing because imagine if she had accidentally stolen one of the sending stones that they use to oh keep track gosh. of her. Oh my god. I wonder if Alara can like figure out how to um how to like how to do that? Fuck them up. Know how to undo, oh, how to undo it for, it. The, for I, the mayor. I imagine yeah. you'd probably but need also, some sort of dispel. Mm-hmm. Dispel magic. Like, anyway, yeah. But like on a grander scale, like a like an EMP bomb or something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> magic mm-hmm. EMP. Well, also, we kind of, the chemicals in the water. Yeah. What the turn the like, frogs okay, gay. so I remember our faces like when when um when Lex was saying that as the mayor whose name is Telcall. Thank you. I you're truly welcome. think that we all were in a bit of a fugue state because you're saying the chemicals, and I'm like, when did I talk about chemicals in yeah. the water? Yeah. I do not recall so, that at all. You you I do. Yeah, there, so the water and the yeah, air. Said, it's oh, releasing yeah. toxic yeah. gas into the, the water and to the air. Yeah, and then I the was pollution. being an idiot and, and quoting uh, Alex Jones. I immediately in my head was like, how much water has Alara drunk since she's yeah. been here? Drank, yeah, drunk, drink, had whatever. to drink. Yeah. Had to and then drink. We how much water did I have to drink? And then drink? we immediately just continued to drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, more water. <laughs> well, I mean, it's already in us. What's a little bit now more we're building lead. up like an immunity to it. There's only um, ever has drank in water at that tavern. Microdosing. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we're microdosing the toxins. Um, but yeah, so oh, I ha- this was a question that I had. I don't know if you'll tell us or not. You're gonna be like, "Ooh, you'll never know." Were you? Did you want us to go to the mayor, or was that you, was was like tell call um, improv?ed Like, did you improv?ed Complete improv?ed I did not prepare anything with you guys. I while you guys are asking, no, no, while you guys were asking me about where the fucking town hall was no i was putting a fucking town hall in my map going all right now i, I gotta make a mayor because they're gonna ask about it i actually gave the elf the clerk the clerk elf they have a name mm-hmm. they have a whole thing too so i was like in case they ask that one's name we'll be sure to ask please that don't next time, yeah because i gotta worry. find it again <laughs> we will. now that we know we will Oh yeah, it was Francis. No, Francis was the wasn't Francis the guy at the um shop. He was a half elf. He was a half elf secretary. Um, yeah, he was Francis. Yeah, yeah, because I Francis was at the only remember his name because we had just gotten done talking about Jennifer and he was like, "What a weird name, Heroin." 
It's Terowin. Terowin is the young man at the Crooked Nut. Yes. You're welcome. Yes. yes. I, someone take notes. Someone take well, notes. Well, I also have Terowin's stats um, right here, so that makes sense. It's great, because I was going to fight him. Wow. I only remember Francis's name. Yes. And I didn't, no one even, like, I started to, and I was just laughing too hard, and I was like, I can't even do it, because someone should have been like, I've never heard a name like Francis before. <laughs> I know. And, I, and I, I think I had to cut it out of the episode, because I was laughing too hard. And so it, and I was like, I'm not even going to do it. I'm not even going to do it. Did I tell you what? Nobody picked no one. What was the, so. Nobody else did it. This is me being, again, because I improv the whole mayor. I fucking knew you improv it. Lex is so amazing at like off the cuff shit like that. Because I thought, I thought that that was like planned. And Mm -hmm. I had this moment where like, has Lex been pushing us here the entire time? Absolutely And I was like, I bet it was fucking improv Hand over heart. The corrupt mayor is such a good fucking trope. And I'm so yeah. excited that you went there. But but so like, but also like not even really, because it almost seems like she's like me. I don't know. I'm I'm speculating. Like if she did it of her own free will, or maybe she did it with good intentions, thinking like the miners were going to bring stuff, like bring good stuff. And now she's like, fuck, I'm being like extorted and I can't. I have these sending stones in my office. I feel like everyone can for that her i really appreciated it and i know that it's off the cuff and i don't know if you intended to do it with the off the cuff thing but for tell call it's it's easy to say that you're going to be if presented the that kind of situation you would be the better person you would be the bigger person and be like no i'm not going to get bought off and i'm not going to do this but chances are majority of people if you are in a situation where there is no other option and the whole town is being controlled by this, what else are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Are you going to mm-hmm. say no? And there's it's, no police. There's no. Um, yeah, there isn't. Not, I wouldn't call it a police force. What would you? There's no. It's all um, self-governed. It's self-managed no in the sense of like, yeah. you know, they yeah. kind of take business into their own hands. Hence why, like, you know, people are going missing. And so they put up posters in the in the town hall. They're not going and finding somebody who can actually help because there isn't someone. Well, we're, we're here. I don't know what our crew name is, but we're fucking, we're doing it. And here's me not knowing my own NPCs that I made. What was Telcall's last name? Keg Shaper. Keg Shaper. Keg Shaper. Telcall Keg Shaper. And their pronouns are she, they. So I have a question. Did you always have an NPC that was supposed to help us with that? information and we just never met them and so you're like i'm gonna funnel it into the mayor or were we never going to get that information just without you having to create an npc you guys likely would have gotten the information at some point or another but i hadn't into like figured out how yet and you kind of i didn't have an npc like set up for it but i was trying to decide whether or not like shima would know that stuff or whether you guys would interact with old man morris and he would be like the mining company controls it all i fully intend to go talk to old man morris before i know you think we're getting to the mines next we're session. we're getting LOL. to the fucking mines <laughs> but i fully intend i i am going to stand i think that old man morris is the only person who actually knows what's going on and we need to go talk to him um so there's that and I won't make us do a shopping episode. I'm just going to tell you what I need from the store in preparation for the mines. I was thinking about it because I'm like, we should definitely stock up if we're going like into the mines. I really only wanted one thing for the mines from a store. What is it? Uh, a flask of alcohol. A flask of alcohol. Oh, wait. Also, just I forgot about this. There is fucking forged four passes. Yeah. Um, yes. That was amazing. So, yeah. Thanks for that. 
Yeah, no worries, bro. Nobody has incredibly good job at it. Yes. I have the DC written down for Sus- future suspect. reference. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I, I I know Ivy has a good idea of what Varys did prior to this town. I don't know if anybody else does. What's your guess? I want to know. I think Ivy's thinking that Varys probably did something in the crime syndicate without being like the head of it. He looks like a crime a crime guy. So Var- <laughs> so Ivy's thinking that Varys probably did some like running. I can things. almost guarantee you that as close as you think you're ever going to get, you will never get the actual you're full answer. Oh, most likely not. I'm just telling you what Ivy thinks. Yeah. Yeah. I pray you never Alara find has, out. Alara is so oblivious to those kind of things. And I really am loving, like, playing into it um, more and not having to be, like, a person who's in, like, real life society who has to, like, care about those type of things. Mm-hmm. She's just, you know, she's into what she's into. And as things become relevant, I think that um, that's when they'll become relevant for her, but not because like not because of any other reason than that. So she Laura hasn't even thought about any of it aside from the bomb that uh, Ivy just dropped on everybody. I appreciate that Ivy has this like kind of idea of like him being involved in crime. And Stoll's like, you're my best fucking friend. Well, I think that, that really <laughs> came out like when she, when Ivy was looking at everyone going like, okay, I know that like dropping this bomb might be a problem, but like, I've we all, all said we had crime before, yeah. right? Like we literally were like, we've all, you guys are all like, oh yeah, I've done some shitty things. Like Z- Ziva's like, yeah, I just set my entire house I on blew fire. I a trailer. Alara <laughs> yeah. goes like, yeah, I broke, broke. Yeah, and Alara goes, I was caught breaking and entering. (laughs) Ivy really, I think, latched on to Varys um, because he was like the first person to actually give her a response. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Brushed her off. And like, I, I understand why. I understand how crazy it is. For this person who looks like an elf, but is also blue, that also has a a dragon flitting around her shoulders. Like asking these weird questions. But Ivy doesn't understand that. So Ivy sees this person who like is willing to talk to her and willing to like have a conversation and tell her what's going on. And she's like, yes, them forever. (laughs) Well, and I think there was also that moment in the first episode where like, with that, I mean, I just got this feeling when the two of you guys were talking, you know, you said something that was kind of out of this world, talking about being from another another plane. And mm-hmm. Varys had to didn't like turn away from you and be like, oh, she's she's off a rocker or there's something wrong with this person. Varys turned and was just like, all right, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt here yeah. that you didn't know this. Yeah. Whereas, like you said, everyone else kind of brushed it off of like, why? Why don't you know this? You should know this. So I, I I think that that it set it up a really set up a really nice dynamic with the two of them, and then you've got Ziva and Alara, Ziva stealing rocks from Alara, and Alara just being like, "Oh, look at the rocks!" And I'm giving, I'm literally giving you rocks. I gave you my worry stone, and I did. That not, is true. I fully did not intend to give away my worry stone. First of all, and second of all, I as a player, I'm now panicking about. The fact that Alara has given away her only, right now, her only thing that kind of is able to calm her down when she gets stressed out and feels like she's going to start panicking herself. Oh, Ivy has something for you. Oh, yeah? 
I mm-hmm. and and Ziva's not going to keep the worry stone. No, and I don't yeah. I don't think so. But I was just I remember I was because you were talking about I think it was when you were talking about going back to the back to like kind of tell everyone what was going on. And my thought as somebody who has experienced trauma personally, I'm like, basically you're going back to the scene of like your trauma. And so Alara in her head was like, what if she panics again and something bad happens? And I immediately was like, okay, she's standing there. What is, how can she help? And I was like her worry stone. And then I was like, fuck, I hope I made the right. Not that I think you're going to run away with it or anything like that. But I just was like, now Alara is defenseless against, you know, the, the, you know, that was something that was like a centering, something that centered her. Yeah. So. I adore several things about Alara. Like, I could go on for days about how much I love everybody. But um, Alara you know had some really fantastic moments in, like, that episode with, with the explosion. One, the fucking near breakdown that she had, where she was, like, really working her worry stone. That was amazing. And the fact that you pointed out that, you know, she'd never really seen anything as violent as that before. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, probably not. Like, I'm sure most of us haven't. Um, and I thought that that was a really ingenious thing to point out. And also Thanks. would explain further why Ziva was really not able to process anything. Because sh- I'm sure she hasn't seen anything like that either. So that was really Definitely cool. Not. And then also the fact that you brought in mental health for your character like that she that's yeah. something she deals with i was like yes yeah. yes yes all these things love it I, I i remember messaging lex and going it was like one of those things again one of those things that just kind of fell in place and i said it may have been in a conversation where lex and i have had a lot of conversations where i'm basically brainstorming and i'm throwing shit at the wall and i'm seeing what sticks right and we've had i feel like that's how most of alara's breakthroughs have happened but that was one of those things where i said oh my god alara has panic attacks because I literally, I'm not joking, like, I have my two worry stones, they're right here, like, th- this is something that I use, and yeah, so whatever, because now I'm going to get emotional, so I'm not going to talk oh, anymore, no. but oh. I'm sorry. No, but I, think I, it's great to, I think it's really great to bring in, you know, these characters, yes, we live in a, fa- we're playing in a fantasy world and all of that, but part of what makes playing tabletop RPG games so much more fun is making your characters fallible, having them have flaws. Yes. Because if everybody, and that's why you guys all have at least one negative stat, because I was like, you guys can't just be these invincible gods right off the bat. You guys have to have challenges. You guys have to have reasons to turn to another person and be like, I can't do this. And sometimes that moment is when you're really overwhelmed, when you are about to have a panic attack, or somebody who is depressed and can't get out of bed to do something. Um, Being able to bring that into your character and also show the other people in the game and our listeners different coping mechanisms because it's very challenging. We've, I'm sure we've all been through different mental health issues. I know Dusty, uh, Dusty and I and Wayra is also, we've all actually, I think, been pretty open about talking about things amongst ourselves. And we all have different coping mechanisms. Some work for everyone, mm-hmm. some some don't. 100%. And I think de-stigmatizing mm-hmm. the conversation around mental health is important, yeah. even in these games, because mental health happens no matter who it's you are. So, 
Yeah, it's like it's normal. And like when so many people just like when you look at like even like things like anxiety, these are things that are happening every day and we're getting through our lives every single day dealing with these mental health issues. And it makes sense that our characters would deal with them, too. It makes sense for me, at least where I'm at now in life, to kind of bring that bring that knowledge that I have and those things that have helped me. But also it nor it doesn't it just normalizes yeah. it and it makes it this is something that free we... therapy <laughs> yes but because yes. of that i'm not a licensed professional and i can't give you any actual Same. help well and to go off of that like even like lex and i have talked about ivy ivy's got some things too like ivy has ptsd and phobias that i've been like hey just so you know if this ever comes up this is what ivy has and like the more i'm playing ivy just the more like you know, stuff comes up. And I think that's true about every character. Yeah. And I just think it's really interesting to see. It's getting dark. <laughs> Supriya has <laughs> the sun on her face. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I like the more I play Ivy, the more things come up, the more I have an inkling about something about her that I'm excited to see how it shakes out if it's going to shake out that way. And something I want to I always like I, I want to reiterate to the people at this table, but also to everyone listening to, um, cause I don't think we've actually shared this with the listeners and we haven't had to use this or it hasn't come up in game yet, but we collectively have agreed to use the stoplight method for challenging topics. So essentially I'm assuming green for everything until someone says yellow or red. And the mm -hmm. second that comes right. up, be it verbally or through text message or through Discord direct message, whatever, we stop. Mm -hmm. um, we stop. And if we need to talk it through or just stop for the night, we, we do that um, because. Respecting our boundaries. This is supposed to be fun. And even if our characters have difficult times, you know, Ziva going through that really, that was traumatic. The nightmare and then waking up to fire. Like, that's traumatic. I fully think, like, after, especially way where you just said that, I fully think that Ziva is running around in shock right now. Like, the oh, more 100%. that I'm thinking about it now, yeah. like, yeah. she's Ziva like, I'm fine. Everything's probably fine. not come out of shock. It, like, even yeah. right now, as we're talking, she's probably... Yeah. And then we just put her back into shock. I know. Fuck, but anyway. I just remembered something else that we have to talk about. But, Lex, finish, finish your train of thought. But I was just going to say, like, I think you. it's really helpful to... We have all been very transparent about that stuff with each other. So I feel like we haven't, we haven't accidentally mm -hmm. hit that line yet. Yeah. And we have our consent, yeah. like our, we share our consent sheets. And so actually though, Dusty just kind of brought up something that I thought was interesting. Cause you said you're, you had sent Lex some things for that, that are basically triggers for Ivy. It may be something to investigate like consent sheets for our characters, but not, not in a, not in a way that like, oh, we, we can't talk about these things. But well, and I've talked with some other care, some other players. I know that like Waver and I've talked about some stuff where I'm like, Hey, just so you know, like this thing that we've talked about doing, like, these are things that might, tr like, I'm giving you heads up, like, I'm not going to just delve into this without your consent, because it's going to be heavy. And I know it's going to be hard for your character. But this is what the basic trigger would be. So when you're ready, you can either tell me or you can just start doing this in the game. And I'll know that you're ready to address this issue. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Varys is a lot of triggers. Yeah. So, and so I'll have to send some more to you, actually. After that's fine. Last couple that's games, fine. It's I an ongoing conversation. But just, you know, having that conversation of like, if there is a trigger, or there is a story, a plot point that's related to your character that you're iffy on or you just want it to be addressed with caution. 
I think having that open conversation with the DM makes a difference. Like it really I I personally yeah. like it because I as the DM feel like I'm not fucking you guys over. Like I'm not setting you guys up for a situation you're not ready for. Um, I'm not. I'm not trying to be an asshole, essentially. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, for sure. But go ahead, Ari. I love you all so much. I just well that this is one thing that I have to add now is that I love you all so much. But we have to talk about Ziva and Bettina's like beautiful moment after the when when we when you went back. That was so. Just like feely feels. It was just beautiful. It really was. The both of you, Lex and Supriya, you did. S- it was just a really. It was sad, um, but it was a very pretty moment at the same time. Um, so I th- I thought that would be something interesting. I think to it talk needed about. to happen. Yeah. Like that moment of just she needed to know she was safe, that she was OK. And she also ne- like Ziva needed to know that Bettina wasn't immediately going like, you know, you did this to me. Right. And may happen at some point, but hopefully not. No, I think like I can tell you right now, I feel like if it comes out to Bettina like that Ziva caused it, I really doubt Bettina is going to like she might be initially kind of mad because, you know, she got hurt. But I don't anticipate her just knowing the character more and more like I don't anticipate her holding that grudge because She's done things that she didn't intend, maybe not to the extent that Ziva's done, but like she's caused some some problems here and there, you know. She she That's put, true. She did she did set off She the, set off the animatronic. Yeah. If you guys hadn't jumped in to help, like that family could have been really hurt, you know? So, you know, she true. she has made mistakes herself. I Yeah. I'm not about to kick Ziva while she's down. Yeah. No. No. Oh my god, no. Mm-mm. Well, on that note, we should probably get let everybody go. Yes. Yeah. This was an amazing. It was a great. It yes. was great. I am looking forward to the next session. And me too. We'll get into the minds and all of that stuff. All right, friends. I think we're going to leave it on that. Um, but just to kind of culminate everything we've talked about, make sure that you're in a party of people that you love and that. people that will respect your boundaries dms that will respect when you need to stop and it's okay to leave a group if they don't do that 100 percent, yeah so this is rdcc signing off thank you for everyone for listening and if you're here accidentally thank you so much for continuing with us we hope you liked it special thanks to josh at tabletop journeys podcast for being our first ever green fiend tier subscriber on our ko-fi Follow us at Rainbow Dice Club. Follow us at Rainbow Dice Club on all platforms. We have a TikTok, a Twitter, an Instagram, and a YouTube. We'll be posting episodes on YouTube as well, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. So like and subscribe any platform that you're with. And we all love you. And Lex, can you do the ending that I love so much? Of course. And just remember that wherever you are in your journey, you are valid. You are accepted, and you are welcome at our table. Bye. 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 <laughs> we all just blew out our mics. <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> I know. I hate it. We're the worst. Hey, friends. Dusty here. Each month, we'll be featuring a creator in the TTRPG space whose content we think you'd enjoy. 
So if you're a fellow podcaster, an artist, or TTRPG content creator of any sort, and you'd like to be featured, please reach out to us at Rainbow Dice Club on any of our socials to inquire. For the month of February, we will be spotlighting our amazing friends at Reflex Save, an actual play podcast. Hey, cool people. Do you like mead, magic, and long walks in the icy tundra? Ever wonder what your sled dogs are thinking about? Why not cap off your night with a frosty tabletop adventure? You will come to love my beef cliff. You're at the common room. Go to your room. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse us. Excuse me, dog cliff. What's your yeah. favorite food? Ah, uh, sausages, probably. No, you look like a strong lot, but uh, I've got more friends than you. Carnelian's like shortened on the ground and he's standing on you top of the table. You know what you have to do. You know what you have to do. Carnelian stabs him in the butt. What did he say? He likes sausages. Oh my god, me too. Right, I'll sit beside Wade and start carving his rod. Oh, oh my god. Sweater. Sweater, my rod's nearing completion by the looks of things. Unless the four of you can stop them. Well, grab your Ugg boots and join Reflex Save every Wednesday on your favorite podcast platform.